welcome to the Six Again podcast, your new destination for all things NRL. Here to bring you everything from team news to best bets are your hosts, Adam Hoy and Jared Mutton. Let's kick off. All right. Welcome to the week one wrap. It's been a pretty big weekend for Jared and I. I've been away with the family, my brothers, mum and dad, holiday home down at Bribey Island. It's been pretty relaxing. And Jared has been doing... Oh, I've had a few people around the house all weekend, so we stayed up pretty late both nights and made the house a mess, so I had to spend all day cleaning today. Yeah, all pretty much of... what I'll be doing tomorrow. Yeah. After work. After work. Yeah. But, um, yeah, after work. In between all that, I think between the two of us, we got to watch every game bar one. Um, not all maybe at the same time, but with highlights, we got a pretty good idea about what happened with all the games and we'll get to them. Uh, but we're just going to start our first round one wrap with obviously the stuff that's going on off the field and the impact it's going to have on the NRL going forward. So... The big word in everyone's lips this week in the sporting world has obviously been the coronavirus and the impact it's having on sporting competitions worldwide. And I think the latest news we've had was a couple of hours ago with an update to be made tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. So the NRL or ARL, sorry, as it stands from Commissioner Chair Peter Vlandes is that the NRL will go ahead in round two. However, all games will be played behind closed doors with no crowd present, obviously. And at this stage, another a call on round three is going to be made in due time because we know how quickly this thing is changing. Um, but yeah, at this stage, they're one of the few sporting competitions worldwide still going ahead, albeit behind closed doors. Anything to add on that yeah. one, Jared? Have you heard anything different? No, I haven't heard anything different. I personally think that it should just be postponed. Um, just because of the fact teams have already been affected by it. Like, we're just talking about how there's two players in the starting Warriors squad who are probably most affected in the NRL. Have already been, they're already gone home for the birth of their children and they won't be able to play for the next probably month either way. And that's so Peter Hiku and... Patrick Herbert, uh, so yeah, two of their starting backs. Patrick Herbert. Yeah, so they've already been really badly affected by it, and now they weren't, none of them are going to see their families for a minimum of two weeks, isn't it? There's two week quarantine for anyone flying into New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so, yes, that sucks for the Warriors, which it really does, but it kind of puts them on a back foot this early in the season. So, I reckon they should just postpone it for a month, but I'm the minority on that. So yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't really have an opinion either way. All the I think Peter Vlandes has pretty much covered all all bases by saying all options are still on the table. So whether that's continuing the season until uh, the player is infected and keep playing behind closed doors. We know the NRL makes the majority of their money through their TV sponsorships, not through their uh, crowd numbers. It's kind of obvious. Um, But, yeah, like Jared said, the Warriors have been affected. The entire team has been put up. Their new base is now Kingscliff. They'll be playing their home game next week against the Raiders 
um, up at the Gold Coast. So obviously they left New Zealand expecting to be home next week or this week. It's not going to happen. So there's already been a major impact happening there. Also in Interest Cup, PNG have a team, obviously. They're not going to be able to fly into Australia at this stage. So they're uh, uh, one of the teams in Interest Super Cup. Sorry? A feed. New South Wales Cup yet? Are they in this year? Oh, I haven't even looked at that. Um, no, they're not. But that, that's another thing. Anyone, because I'm pretty sure in the English Super League right now, Toronto are also affected by the same yeah, thing. Yeah, Toronto Wolfpack, yeah. Canada's yeah, taken so, um, some pretty big steps. So, yeah, probably we'll, we'll, we'll see how things go. Um, one of the things that came out today as well, I've got the guys... Uh, name here. One of the touch judges that was meant to be in the Melbourne Manly game um, self-quarantined himself. Tim Aloha Hanley Roby um, was meant to be touchy at Manly this afternoon. He self-isolated due to concerns, but he hasn't been around the referee course since last Tuesday, I believe, um, the information. So, yeah, we'll see how we do. And Jared was just saying beforehand, I missed the start of the Manly Melbourne game. I was kicking myself. We're still coming back from uh, Bribey, what they were doing with the balls. Uh, you want to explain or elaborate? Yeah, they were, um, every time the ball became dead and had to swap a ball over, they're actually washing them in eskies. And all the ball boys had gloves on. So it was a great idea, but. Is no, that when the uh, balls went into the crowd, you mean? No, just the, if the ball went over to their ball line and it hit anything. They were just doing it. Oh. So they when it went into the swap of the ball for a penalty or anything like that, they just cleaned them every single time. All the ball boys wore gloves so that couldn't be cross-contaminated. It was just, uh, yeah, was, the next step's probably hazmat suits. I find that amazing because I can't remember who tweeted it out. I just read it uh, yesterday or the day before. It's a, it's a player, an injured player. I can't, believe it, can't remember if it was rugby union or rugby league, but they tweeted out saying, um, it's funny how the players aren't shaking hands at the end of the game after 80 minutes of tackling and rubbing each other, <laughs> rubbing up against yeah. each other. They're feeling um, every other part of their body except their hands. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've always, well, one of the things I've thought of the last few years that I'd love the NRL to do that uh, happens in baseball is once the ball goes into the crowd, whoever catches it should be able to keep it anyway. So there's one way we could have uh, done that without having to scrub the balls down. But we can talk about uh, that later in the season. That means NRL have had to pay for more balls and they wouldn't. Oh, them. those 50 cent oh. balls that they charge $30 for. Oi. $30 million dollar business. They're like $60. Yeah, I know. Those things. But hey. uh, we'll, we'll keep on top of it. We'll have more news on our next podcast on, I think we're doing it Wednesday night. Release yep, on so Thursday morning. We're gonna, we'll keep trucking along with the pod. Um, we've got a whole bunch of other stuff we can talk about. Um, might be a bit early for some of the stuff, but we'll find stuff to talk about. We're always going to take fans' uh, <laughs> ideas and questions as well. We might only have one pot a week rather than two, but we'll still keep trucking along. So enough of all that. Let's get to um, the biggest news of the week. Um, I've actually got an idea what we could do, Adam. Yeah. You and me could sit in a room, we could drink, and we can watch the 97 grand final. And we can listen to ourselves talk about it. What do you reckon? How about no? <laughs> oh, no, actually, no, no. We watch it. 
but we stop it at around the 70 minute mark. No, no, no. We've got to watch the full thing. No, nah, because then like we witnessed the greatest winger in history. Um, the halfback had nothing to do with it. We all know it was Darren Albert. Yeah, the old Darren happened Albert. happened to be there. Yeah, we don't yeah, need to talk right. about that. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say is, is the, obviously the first match of the season. Um, we have to talk about it. Tex Hoy. Hoy watch. First game of the season for him. Um, Jared actually watched the whole game. Um, he's, yeah, he's going to be a bit of a cult hero on this show. Uh, sharing my last name, and there's no mutants at the moment in the in the rugby league that we know of. So, Jared, watch the game. Do you want to do a rundown of young Texas stats? He his stats are. I actually thought it, his stats are better than I thought they'd be by watching the game. But he had four tackle breaks. He made 27 tackles, and he only missed five, which that's was a, a lot big deal for five eight. Yeah, he, he, which is a big deal for Adam O'Brien because Adam O'Brien really wants focuses on the defensive side of things. He made nine runs for 102 metres um, and one penalty conceded and one error. So he did a lot better than I thought he did, but he, he's, I don't think he's ready for first grade yet. But he All right, And that was for a uh, Newcastle 16, Warriors 20. So Newcastle dropping their first game in the Canterbury uh, Cup. I believe it's called. And, no, 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 no. No? Newcastle 20, Warriors 16. Oh, so they got a win. Hey, we, we, we're, we're two for two this weekend, man. Oh, look at that. Sorry, I yeah. it around the wrong way. I heard 16-20, I just automatically assumed Newcastle lost. Yeah, it's uh, pretty, pretty normal. Newcastle are up 20-0 with five minutes to go, and I thought they were going to lose. So oh, wow. <laughs> I still was worried. All right, so let's. Um, we've burnt like ten minutes doing that, so let's get on to um, the first NRL match of the year. And I, was, <laughs> I have yeah. to say, I was surprised with the choice of game that they put up. Eels and Bulldogs are long term, long time rivals, but there was some other um, kind of key matchups. I thought they could kick the season off with, but brand new stadium. Let's we'll still call it brand new. Eels always pull a pretty good crowd. And even with coronavirus hanging around and all the warnings, they still pulled over 21,000. Um, and there's people asking where the crowd was. I think it was pretty obvious why there was less people than they expected. But, yeah, for first game of the season, what a cracker. Why are you so full of shit? That was a, that was a horrible game. If you like entertainment and scoring points and all that no. sort of stuff. I, I can handle a low low point scoring game. What I can't handle is just it, it was a bad quality game on on top of a low point low scoring game. Yeah, it was I agree. Ball like quality of ball handling, passing, back oh. line moves, catching the ball, basic skill. Oh. It was horrible, but I yeah. love. I still enjoyed watching because I loved the defense. I loved the intensity, the oh. hits, and the speed. That was killer. I, it was one of those low-scoring games that I actually wasn't even looking at the scoreboard or the clock. I was just enjoying watching it. Oh, Jesus. It was bad. It was, it was just bad. It was one of those games um, you were waiting for, which team's going to stuff up so many times that the other team's going to fall into a try? And that's literally yeah. what happened. Um, I'm not surprised Bulldogs didn't score a point. 
Um, yeah. They didn't look bad in certain places, certain times. They didn't look too bad. But sometimes I thought Parramatta looked like made them look good. Parramatta, probably the biggest advantage of their game is the one, they played the Bulldogs because I think they would have lost any other team. And two, they've got so much skill in their team and so much quality, they can only go up, I hope. That's the only positive I can see because there wasn't that many. It was pouring rain, I'll give you that, and they're more of a free-flowing team which mm. throws the ball around. But I hope they can go up because I've tipped them to do pretty good things this year. Yeah, they did get into the in-go um, with Blake Ferguson. He did a pretty decent backflip, but yeah, it was nice to see the touch he make a call without going upstairs. But yeah, Ferguson's foot was definitely on the line. And when I said they, definitely, they fell into a try, it was Reed Marnie falling on a yeah. loose ball in the in goal. And um, that got the Eels an 8-2 victory over the Bulldogs to kick off their season. What we're going to do with each game is come up with a, a good and a bad thing to take away from it for each team. Um. I guess I'll kick that one off, unless you got something, Jared, if you want to start with. Well, I already said a positive for Parramatta. That was my positive for them. Oh, okay. Um, Jeez. Their negative, <laughs> negative is they've got a lot to lot to work on at training, I think. Attack-wise, um, I thought their defense was still okay, but yeah, they were yeah, playing. But like I said, if they're up against another team, I think they would have lost the way mm. they played. Um, Bulldogs... There's not that many positives. Um, with all the bullshit that happened the week before, maybe they came out and actually put a like done a good defensive effort. And I will, they did have a good attitude. Just their execution was really bad. Yeah. So they 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 they're they're a fighting team, the Bulldogs. So I reckon they could. That's going to be their biggest plus. They won't overly smack anyone or convincingly win any games this year, but they'll fight every single game. Um. I feel like their negative would be their lack of scoring a try. They probably could have scored a few tries there. They blew a few opportunities. So, um, yeah, that'd be their biggest negative. Do you have any positives to come out of that game? Yeah, yeah. I think um, Junior Paulo was huge for Parramatta. Um, they would, they pretty much dominated the game for the first 20. When he went off, that's when Bulldogs started coming into the game because he was really bending them backwards. No. That's true. The whole their whole attack looked clunky, but that's to be expected first week. So I think Eels have a lot of expectation, but a sign of a good team is even on the days where they're not playing well or they're coming up against an, a lower opposition or a less fancy opposition who are really sticking it to them, they'll still find yeah. a way to get across the line and get the two points because that's all that matters in the end. And I think that's going to yeah. happen to them a bit this year where Everyone's saying that, hey, they've got a good team. They're going to do this. And the other teams are going to be saying, well, why aren't they talking about but, us? And I think even without winning anything, they're going to be one of the hunted teams. So they're going to have to deal with that. The negative for me was I expected more of them. I was one of those people. And with the expectation, I think the negative for them is they didn't handle it real well. First first match of the year, brand new, like big stadium, new stadium. Fancied uh, less fancied opposition. I expected them to do a little bit more. Bulldogs, yeah. pretty much exactly what you said. They were gritty. They were passionate. Their attitude was brilliant considering their week, which is going to keep them in games. But how are they going to score points? 
And yeah. I kind of feel a bit for Will Hapawadi. He looks a class above almost everyone else on his team. And Josh Jackson mm. actually played quite well. But again, that's two people. Yeah, so they'll, they'll be, they'll, they're, they're going to fight in all their games this year, but they'll, um, they won't win convincingly. Jared's just laughing, so my wife just walked in, obviously looking for something in my study, and she's popped up on the video. Yeah, it's It's not like we're doing a podcast here, but it's all good. (laughs) All right, so. Hi, Maddie. You can say hi. Hi, Jared. (laughs) So going into round two, uh, looking at the draw, Bulldogs. Uh, at home, I'm not sure how much that's going to count without crowds, but they've got the Cowboys and yeah. Parramatta. Uh, let's have a look, and that's the Thursday night game. Sorry, so Bulldogs have got a week again to prepare. Um, whereas the Eels are the last game of round two, um, and they're versing the Titans up on the Gold Coast, so they've got a 10 day turnaround basically, um, so which leads them to work on their attack. Leads us into our next game. All right. Canberra versus Gold Coast. And I think, Jared, you saw more of this game than I did because I was on the drive down. So I was listening to this one on the radio. Yeah, so um, Canberra pretty well came out exactly the way they left the grand final last year. There wasn't too much missing. I was very um, doubtful of how George Williams would go at the start of the year. Yeah, you were. He played a solid game. He wasn't overly spectacular, but he played a solid game, which was all they needed. I heard he got Especially the three in the three two one voting. Yeah, he, he played yeah, so he wasn't overly spectacular, but he did his job at halfback, which is good. That's all they need. Uh, this game, what, they scored in the second minute and Gold Coast never really looked into it. They probably had five, ten minute patches, maybe twice throughout the game, but um, as I said Canberra pretty much haven't lost a beat since the grand final. They're going to be hard to beat all year. They might even have to... I got them at four for my top eight last week. Maybe I'll have to um, change, look at that a little bit, the way they play. They, they were very clinical, very little errors. So. Had Corey yeah, Horsbury go in the starting second row position? Mashed it. Huh? Mashed it. it was, yeah. It was, he had a haircut. He looked scary. He looked, you know, he's got just that awkward build. Yeah, that offload as well near the line that created. Yeah, yeah no, nah, he, he's he's just an old school rough player who you just love to watch. And yeah. Gold Coast didn't know how to handle it. Um, I think he was up against Proctor and Proc- he, Proctor lost. Overall, yeah, Proctor picked up a little niggle as well, but they reckon he'll be right for round two. He's going to have to be. They have no other experience. Um, Cal, yeah. you, you were talking about Callum Watkins. He did not play well. Not at all. But he, he's still got a full season ahead of him. So we'll see how that goes. But I don't see high hopes for Canberra from that game. The uh, positives that I see for Canberra is, yeah, they, they haven't missed a beat. Ricky Stewart's had a good preseason with them. So that'll be hard to beat. Um, negatives, not really that many. Um, I think Canberra were made to look a lot better by Gold Coast because they were not ready. I don't think Gold Coast were over ready. I did see the second half, and I think Canberra already up 18-0 at that stage. And 
probably just their execution in the second half. They're a bit sloppy. They didn't really um, kind of put the foot down on the throat like they did at times last year. But again, week one, that's kind of to be expected. New half back. That's pretty much the only negative I took out of it from the highlights of the first half and the second half that I watched. Um, over in round 17, it probably wouldn't have been. It probably would have been closer to 40 to 6. Yeah. That's, if, yeah. If, if they had a few games under their belt. So, yeah. Did you take um, any positives out of the Titans? Yeah, yeah, they had a few good players. Like um, their forward pack, Lasani came on and he made some decent. He made a few silly errors, but he he ran hard in the middle. Um, Peachy had a crack all year, all all, all game. Yeah, um, I had, I had Tyrone Peachy as my positive because he came in for Brian yeah. Kelly, and that was one of the yeah. one um, of the uh, kind he, of surprises. He he doesn't stay in the centre position. He just kind of roams, which might mess up their attack a bit when they've got their structures out wide. And another, another person I'd like to mention is actually Philip Sammy. He came in for fullback for Brimson. He made a few little half breaks and stuff, so he didn't do a bad job. So that's going to be that's probably their biggest selection headache when Brimson comes back. Who do they drop, Copley or Don? Because Sammy's mm. got to be in the starting squad now. It's funny watching Don, like, Don scored the try for the Titans and his footwork and his speed is so deceptive yeah. for what he looks like. He yeah. just does not look like an athlete at all. And then his footwork and it looks like he's running through a quick step ladder everywhere he goes and he's just, oh, he's through. Yeah, he's yeah. Oh, and wait. he also, he just doesn't have a good face. He looks, he doesn't oh look my God. switched on. He doesn't look switched on. You know I mean? He just kind of... It kind of feels like a Forrest Gump situation where he's, you know, he rocks up and they like the look, like the how he ran. They're like, "What is keeping there?" And he's kind of followed, followed the followed it through. So he's like, he being like Scott Minto starting thirteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He kind of reminds me, like he's a good player, but he kind of reminds me. He's like, "Oh, what's rugby league? I'll try this out for a day." Gold Coast put him on, and he just stuck with it. And now he's our highest try scorer. Yeah, well, that's not hard. I'm pretty sure you only yeah, scored true. like not. Um, so I had, yeah, negative for the uh, – my positive, sorry, for Canberra was George Williams' debut. Um, took it in his stride. He almost set up a um, a try off a break that came from a, a team move that uh, knocked on on impact on the ground. Um, execution the second half for Canberra is my negative. Positive for the Titans. Yeah, Tyron Peachy as well. Yeah, but just the defensive attitude at the start of the game, like both the Jack Whiten's tries were stoppable easily. Just get on the second one, get on the ball first, and the first one tackle him. Would be <laughs> a good idea rather than just let him run with the ball and he, literally let Jack him. Whiten, the ball. Jack Whiten looked good though. He, he looked did really good. Yeah. And through the week, also Canberra re-signed Jack Croker for another Jared Croker, Jack Croker, Jared Croker for a further four years. Which so, I, I think behind Cameron Smith is probably oh, and probably Boyd Corner, the best captain in the league. He's, he's understated. Brilliant. He's understated. Does the job every week. In he does. He, I'd, I'd love to look at his tackle efficiency. I already been nineties. He doesn't miss many tackles. He actually said and this week. Good. You know, he talks before his conversion. Yeah, he said what yeah. he's actually talking about. He's just telling himself inside the left post. So he says, yeah, he aims it inside the left post. Just naturally, how he kicks the ball, it'll shape 
back to the right. Yeah. So he's just reminding himself of where to kick it. I also, I honestly believe kicking's all about if you're riding in the right mentality, you'll get it. Yeah. Like, it's all about pressure. And that's why Jonathan Thurston was so good at it. Because and pre performance routine. They just do the same routine, yeah. routine, routine, whether you're yeah. in the front or whatever. We'll, so we'll next week, we've got. Uh, we, all, we already mentioned Canberra. They're taking on Warriors um, up at the Gold Coast. They don't have to travel over to uh, New Zealand, which is a bit of a bummer because that was going to be a double header um, before the Brumbies match, which was already moved uh, through, from Tokyo for coronavirus. So that would have been a double header at New Zealand. That's no longer happening. So Canberra's got Warriors up on the Gold Coast and the Titans have the Eels. Um, also on the Gold Coast on the Sunday, whereas, yeah, the Warriors, sorry, the Raiders play on the Saturday. All right. Um, third game, so the second Friday night game, which will be, which will take us up to halftime on the program tonight, was Cowboys christening their new stadium up at Townsville um, against their, obviously, biggest rival um, in the Brisbane Broncos. And this is one of our bets that my brother Kieran put on us. And we both had Cowboys winning this game. Um, Jared by six plus, me by anything. I thought it was going to be... <laughs> but, yeah, Broncos, got to give them credit. Got to give Seabold credit. They were up for this game. And, man, they started quickly. Yep. They, um, they, they I think they surprised a lot of people, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. They were really good. I, I, I was so, because what happened with Jack Bird was was suck for him, but I always thought Osaka was their best fullback, and I thought he done pretty well. Oh, he was bloody brilliant! Like, yeah, yeah. the um, whole media on the off season expecting him to be fullback, Saka will be fullback, yeah. blah blah blah. Two weeks before the season, oh by the way, Bird's going to be fullback, and then yeah. having to cop that and then be put on a utility spot on the bench. And man, he he was 179 meters, uh, two try assists. Um, well, he was great. I noticed him everywhere, and yeah, yeah. I, I think he's cemented his spot there now. I I really like the way. Well, we always expected their forward pack to do well, um, with especially with the feet of that try. Um, oh. Hangai. Brilliant. Hangai might be in a bit of trouble for that stupid ass thing he did. He's yeah, they were mentioning four to six weeks. It's down to four weeks um, if he accepts Please. it. Otherwise, um, yeah, if he accepts the charge, otherwise he'll be putting in a uh, an yeah. appeal, I guess. But it's down at four weeks at the moment. Yeah, um, half's done really well. You had seven tackle breaks, hundred percent tackle efficiency, which thirty-three tackles. You never miss one. Yeah, Mate, two hundred and thirteen meters. But in saying that too, on the other side of the field, you had Tamalolo, which I thought the best part of the game was was when he Tangai done that stupid hit what he did on the on the ground, and then Tamalolo about two minutes later ran straight at him, and he knocked him over, which I thought was funny. But the best part of it was. Tangai got up, jumped on his back, and Tamalolo already had two other people on him. And he was he still able to run. He still was able to run five meters with Tavita Pangai Jr. on his back. Like, that should have squished a normal human. Oh, it was... Oh. 
And there was, was a spot where, uh, oh, who was it? Jake Turpin um, turned and got smacked in Dubai. He was stepping around the middle and got smacked by Tamalolo. Yeah. And then the Cowboys player got belted by... Um, uh, it would have been... Oh, I can't remember who it was. There was two solid hits within a minute. So I misspoke before. I said Jermaine Saiko got two tri-assists. It was a try and a tri-assist. Um, yeah. 17 hit-ups for 176 metres, four tackle breaks, one line break, two line break assists, one offload, um, three tackles, and then two errors. So pretty damn solid game. Um, yeah. Do you see Tom Olo stats? Yeah, but one, one if, offload, four tackle breaks, thirty-two tackles, only miss one, and no errors. <laughs> and hit-up meters would have been close to two hundred. Uh, yeah, two. Oh no, one hundred eighty-three off fifteen. Yeah, that's so nuts. that's still. Yeah, he's oh. Yeah. He does it so. Does it so like he's a quiet bloke too. He doesn't yeah. do huge shit on the field. He just gets on plays, has a big smile on his face, runs away. Oh, oh, David sorry. Fafita's try, man, that was oh. bloody brilliant. Out of nowhere, it's, i got to say, horrible tackling by both Cohen Hess and SN Masters. I'm not yeah. going high on Fafita trying to expect to stop him. I'd be hitting him in the legs to at least slow him down a touch. But and then he just ran away from him. The pace he's got on him for someone that big. We and then he made some low, low speed and he ran away from him. Yeah. Um... What do you think about Valentine's Holmes? Uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't, I don't think he's going to find the transition back as hard as everyone's saying he will. And I think he showed that he made the errors he made at the start were nerves. The first knock on, um, when he was standing at marker, when, um, Turpin, yes. Um, dummied and went from dummy half. One, the, the, the knock on was nerves. I think what he was trying to do at dummy half was to make up for his earlier error, being overly uh, enthusiastic, cost him another try. But then in attack, obviously he's the first one that scores for him. He looked fine. He 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 played the game out. I've got no worries. It was it was an up and down. It was an up and down match. But when you say he played the game out, who are you referring to about that one? Well, when I was saying like when he was. When he was in oh, the fullback you... position, when he was doing his thing, I, 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 I think he did everything that the coach expected him to do or wanted him to do in the first game. I think he yeah. played out what was expected. He, he played better than I thought he would. Yeah. But um, I still reckon he's a better than fullback. No, he'll be fine. He's their best option. He'll, he'll keep um, it there. You got any positives from Cowboys? Yeah, heaps. Their resilience and attitude in the second half. I think the start of the game, new stadium, crowds going nuts against the Broncos. I think I know they had the grand final. And they it's a different sort of experience, but I think they were just a bit stunned by how the Broncos started, and they might have believed a little bit of their own press. I don't know, but the resilience and attitude in the second half was brilliant, especially with their comeback. They showed what they could do, especially after losing O'Neill in the second minute. But, yeah, obviously the negative. Slow start and the intensity. Um, but their yeah. goal kicking, they would have been within... When they scored their last try before the Broncos got their consolation one at the end, they would have 
had the lead if they'd got their conversion. So I was surprised to see Holmes kicking rather than either Felt or even SN Masters. Yeah, um, my positives for them were pretty much exactly what you said. They held in there. Um, they came up against a team who just wanted it more, but they still yeah. played sets and stuff. Um, their negative for me would be their bench. I think their bench didn't... Like, in the first 20 minutes when they had their starting four-pack on, they were winning. They were doing really well, at least. Like, they were holding in the game. Yeah. I think they lost when their bench came onto the field. Yeah, it's fair. So yeah, so I just think their bench needs to... And saying that too, Maguire is going to come back. So probably Asiata will go back to the bench. Yeah, he will. Or head. Asiata will go on the edge. But um, I think their bench needs to really come on the field or even throw one on there and keep one of your starters on the, um, on the bench. So that way when they rotate out, you've still got a dominant, someone dominant coming on because their bad periods is when their bench was playing. When their starting side was on, they were doing really well. For the Broncos, they had no real negatives. Like, all of them really played well. I was super impressed by Brody Croft in the fact that we, were, we had our hesitations by, on him. But he, he you done did. well for Harper. Righto. Righto. I normally replayed a podcast where. Um, again, Boyd didn't do anything. He, he, he wasn't overly bad, but he wasn't... Uh, yeah, yeah. We've we've killed that one to death. Leave it. I'll leave it alone. But um, I think Carrion done really well. Even though he, he's what 20, 21? Mm-hmm. Started. He was a run on captain with Croft. He really led from the front in a Ford pack. That um, when I think when Lodge comes back, he might not even play on the starting Ford pack anymore. Um. So yeah, he done. I think he done. Held his own for the entire game. Well, well, for the time he was on, he was a really positive for him. Yeah. In a in board pack that's a lot more dominant than him. Probably negative is, um, uh, again, I just don't think Boyd would done well. But Oates didn't do particularly well either. So maybe they're bigger players. Yeah, I didn't hear his up. name mentioned once. So I think they're more high-profile backline players. That's who have been there for a while need to do better. That's probably their biggest negative. My positive and negative are both the same thing. The young, <laughs> the young brigade. The best, the best thing about the Broncos on yeah. Friday night was Tangai Fafita, Katoni Staggs, Flegler, Carrigan, all those sort of guys. But when the Cowboys made their comeback, that's what happens when you've got a young, inexperienced team. You collapse, yeah. and they're going to need more leadership throughout the season and they're going to need some more guys to settle it down. The things that um, Gillette sort of uh, used to bring, Josh Maguire, et cetera, et cetera. The only people they've still got kind of like that are your Boyd and McCullough. And Oates. And Oates to a point, but he's never been a big talker from what I've read and heard. But I think just when the, when the tide does begin to turn, and their heads go down, who's going to be the one to lift it up? Um, but Broncos are going to take that every day of the week. They're just going to see what they're going to do with um, Pain Guy going forward because he looked damn good. i got a question for you. Yeah. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Cronulla won the grand final and had that 
gun forward pack they had, you know, Fafita, Gallon, Graham, Lewis, yeah. you know, pretty Ennis. Um, so Broncos got the best up and cutting forward pack in the competition by far. They've probably got the best forward pack in the competition. You reckon in the five years' time when they're all worth, you know, another at least 400 grand, you reckon they'll do what Sharks didn't take unders to play at Broncos still? Don't know. Yeah, so because they're going to struggle to keep that team. Flegler and Carrigan are probably next in line to play for Queensland. I'd, I'd, say, by junior, I'd say it's... it's I'm not going to hedge either way, but Fafita's already talked about taking less or has taken less. Pangai's already taken yeah. less. Um, you got Sewer's going, but he... Sewer, remember, Sewer's already gone, but he followed Bennett. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Matt Lodge also took less, even though... Yeah. Anyway, but I think the Broncos will take that. They've got Rabbitohs next week up at um, Suncorp, so usually a very a big advantage for the Broncos. It'll be interesting to see how they go in, the, again, empty stadium. And we've got Cowboys, we've already mentioned, are going to be taking Bulldogs on down in Sydney. Yeah. All right, game four, we've got... Uh, Knights and Warriors. It was the first game of the Saturday slate of three games. Uh, Knights running out 20 to nil winners over the Warriors um, up at Newcastle in very wet conditions. Um, I didn't get to see this game. I was driving at the time, listening to it on the radio, saw the highlights. Um, what I took out from that, and I'm sure Jared's going to have his own opinions on this, um, it was nice to see. Pongish um, sweeping left to right and it's something that Jared and I have talked about in the past that Newcastle can be very one-dimensional when Pong is sweeping right to left so it's good to see him going left to right um, a little bit more than last year my positive was the Pierce Ponger uh, relationship or cohesion's looking better and better especially on the Ponger try um, oh, yeah. he's looked up once looked straight down for the kick put it there and Ponger knew from the look that that's where the ball was going to be. And in those conditions, um, it was a pretty damn good ploy because the ball's going to stay low and skid. And Ponger was down for that first. Um, I didn't watch the game enough, but this is the first one. And I think the only one of the weekend, I didn't actually have a negative for the Knights. Um, even though they had the opportunities to put more points on. So I think it was 10-0 in the first half, 10-0 in the second half. In those conditions, being on top, just adding the points on after penalty after penalty um, was just kind of like death by a thousand cuts for the Warriors. I also was really happy to see that Henry Perinara, props to him, one of my favourite referees and definitely the most stylish one, or actually maybe Gavin Badger, um, actually sin-bin the Warriors for compete, uh, repeated infringements. And it's nice to see. I hope that's a trend going forward. Um, don't miss anything, Jared? Oh, no, you touched on most of it. Wicked. Um, I've done my job. For me, uh, so, for me, with this game, you touch Ponga sweeping left to right. So, I reckon in the preseason, Adam O'Brien came in and went, we're not giving Ponga the ball three times every set and hoping he does something. My I God. Think and that's why he gets paid the big bucks. I think he went, 
okay, we're going to make him attack on the right-hand side more than the left-hand side so he gets used to it. Because he actually got the ball on the right-hand side probably, I reckon, 80% compared to the 20% to the left. So I reckon he's actually coming and go, you're going to learn this shit because I'm new. he's come from an opposition team who probably went, Hong is only going to attack on the left. You know what I mean? Yep. So I reckon he's done that. Are you telling me uh, a head coach has told the star player he has to be able to pass both directions? I know. And Nathan, Bryant, Nathan Brown, I love the bloke, but he let Ponga get away with doing that for too long. They must <laughs> Not have had some intense him. analytics to be able to pick that one up, eh? Um, actually, something that I did analyse that no one picked up in the commentary, at least, Kurt Mann and Mitchell Pierce switched sides at halftime. No one actually saw that. Um, they Mitchell Pierce played played predominantly on the left, but he actually played on the right hand side to further that thing on the second half. If anyone watches the game, have a look at that. Um, the I positives, thought Kurt Mann looked quite good from the bits that I did not, see. Not, not he looked not like physically. He looked fast. He looked. He, he looked good. Um, he didn't. No, he didn't do well at 5'8", I don't think. People have their different opinions. I just don't. Like, their attack was... I don't like the idea of Ponga putting in kicks. And every time the ball was supposed to go to Man, he passed to Ponga and he kicked. Man should be the one kicking. Ponga should be the one chasing. Yeah, definitely agree so, with that. Yeah, so that happened a lot. The positive is probably for Newcastle. Everyone talks about Pierce and Ponga. Their forward pack dominated New Zealand. New Zealand's didn't do well, but like Mitch Barnett and Lachlan Fitzgibbon, they done really well. Herman SASA, not as much, but he's still done his job. Everyone talks about David Clemmer and Newcastle Ford pack, but it was those two and Brayley who stepped up. So I'm pretty happy. Brayley had a killer game. Um, probably, probably their negatives was they actually are limiting their attack by making Ponga go out in the right, but that is better for them, for them in the long run. For the Warriors, their biggest positives were two of their players, Blake Green and Roger Tuivasa-Sheck. They were the only two players in an entire team from when I saw it actually had a go, which is really disappointing with how um, Warriors are universally pretty passionate throughout their, the way they play. Um, they, Adam Blair had an absolute shocker for a leader of that. He's actually the Kiwi captain, isn't he? Um, yeah, he has been a Kiwi captain before. Um, he was horrible. He went on. He went low on Daniel Safidi's try, and Daniel Safidi literally just ran over the top of him. It was. Really oh, you got to say Safidi did quite well as well to keep his body up and his armor. Yeah. That was, that's a pretty good yeah. finish from a pro. But he, he, for someone with the resume of Adam Blair, yeah, he shouldn't have even let him get to that. I see what you're saying. Nah. So yeah, the only positives I can see out of um, the Warriors is those two players. I think with all this shit with the coronavirus and the fact they're on a, you know, they're, they've lost a step with their preparation probably for the next month with how everything's going. I think they're going to really struggle this year. And they didn't know all this shit was happening about them not going to be able to go home during this game, but they still rocked up with a really bad attitude. Yeah. So, with all this negative, stuff... Oh, negative cohesion in attack. So... so all the part, all this shit piling on top of coming in with a bad attitude. It's going to be a long year for a Warriors fan, I reckon. Oh, 
I'll say one positive is they don't have to go back to New Zealand because can you imagine what the press was going to be like after a 20 nil loss? Ooh. Yeah. So um, I am. I, am I, do. I do. I feel for the Warriors team and the players. Um, like I said, they're going to be based out of Kingscliff for the near future. And they'll be playing up on the Gold Coast. Sorry, up on the Gold Coast next week against Raiders. And Knights have Tigers. Um, Sunday, Sunday afternoon. So that'll be the uh, televised game, I would state. Yeah, and Tigers will come out hard. They played really well this afternoon. That was a fun Benji game in, in different Benji ways. Benji Marshall killed it. All right, so, game yeah. number five. We got Rabbits versus Sharks, and this was a um, this was a good game. Yeah, yeah. From the from, yeah. I already got to see the highlights of this one. We had Rabbits taking it out twenty-two to eighteen. Um, a lot of the Big names had, had a say in the game, but there were uh, contributions all round from both teams, and it made it quite a um, quite a decent one. Adam Reynolds got rabbits started off with a try, ducking under uh, Wade Graham. You can do that when you're four foot tall. Um, I can speak for that. And yeah, it was cool. Like rabbits built their lead. Rab- uh, sharks came back. Um, one of my positive for the Sharks, Sione Katoa finally showing what he showed in um, the 20s. I hope he's, yeah. I think he's locked down a winger position because his two tries were on the back of two really nice moves by the Sharks and he finished them um, brilliantly. One being the Superman sort of dive yeah. over a defender. It was He was good to watch. Um, also had Sean Johnson in that. Man, his passing looked brilliant. A short, yeah. His short ball to Graham for the try. And the long ball to Katoa. So it's nice to see him passing as well as running. Um, positive for the Rabbits is their depth, man. Like Ethan Lowe mm. coming off the bench. Try assist Matt. and a try. Alex Johnston coming off the bench. Um, I'm, I know what we'll talk about. Latrell Mitchell in a second. But my man of the match, uh, Tavita Totola, starting prop for the Rabbitohs. <laughs> 31 tackles, zero missed, three tackle breaks, 15 hit-ups for 198 metres against a forward pack that has Aaron Woods, Andrew Fafita, Brighton Nakora, Jack Williams and Wade Graham. That's a pretty outstanding effort. Yeah, that's pretty good. He's not a very well-known front rower too. No, I reckon he he was a beast. Where where's he from? Is he is he a blue or is he a what is he? I don't, even I don't know. know. We'd have to look that up for one yeah. day. It's interesting. He keeps came putting out stats like that. Oof, it'd be hard he, to he was he was just so it was such a such a just a beast performance. Like a prop, hundred and ninety eight meters in the middle, thirty at one tackle, zero missed. That's ridiculously good. Um See, I didn't see this game, but from what I understood, South Sydney's biggest positive that came out was Adam Reynolds. Just got named captain of probably the biggest history, historical club in the competition. And he really let... He scored the first try, never missed a goal. Was His kicking game was on point again. He, um, yeah, he, he, he led from the front, which is what a captain's supposed to do. So with 
losing, you know, Burgess and Sutton in one year, Reynolds is Reynolds is going, okay, someone's got to step up. And I, I done that. Uh, probably their biggest negative was probably letting Cronulla back in the game. Like, yeah. I had that one, the 65th minute, and all I had to do was just play to the corners, keep them pinned down, and they kind of let them back. And it wasn't, what is it? They Cronulla threw a forward pass at the end, which would have put them for a kick to win, 22 yeah. all. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was probably their biggest negative. For Cronulla, the biggest positive is, as you said, if Johnson's playing well, they're playing well. You just got to get them to play 80 minutes. Yeah. Um, and Graham... And for, their, for how much change around they had in their back line as well. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that forward pass you were talking about, Connor Tracy, um, yeah. that went to Morris as well, which looks like it's going to be his last game with the club. So it would have been yeah. pretty cool to see him finishing with a try. But, um, yeah. Not the case. That was my negative was Connor Tracy's um, performance off the bench. Yeah, not great. Um, Cost him a try there. Not a great option. Another fifth tackle play. Mistake. Yeah, a bit of a bummer for him, but he's a talented young fella. He'll come back. Um, Yeah. I was with you on the Rabbits. Negative leadership collapse in the second half when they had it won. Yeah, you'd expect with... um, Burgess and Sutton and Inglis started last year. They would have said, guys, we've still got 15 minutes. Let's keep going. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, the Latrell Mitchell thing. So, he was subbed at 58 <laughs> minutes. And Bennett's come out. So, that's why I had Alex Johnson on the bench. Well, this is Wayne Bennett's point. I had Alex Johnson on the bench. He needed game time. The plan was always to ease um, Mitchell in. So, from what Bennett said, the plan was always to sub him. At some point in this game, I don't know any different. He's the coach. I'm not. Um, but he said it was a plan coming in. Mitchell did not have the best game. But uh, for someone like that, that sort of uh, presence in the game, that sort of media coverage, all that sort of stuff, whatever he did was going to be scrutinised. And I don't know whether it's a master ploy for Bennett and he's going to be doing this for the first three, four weeks. We'll see. But he said it was a plan before the game, regardless of how he was playing. That was going to be the plan. Uh, I got three points to make with this. He said he wanted to ease Latrell Mitchell into fullback. One, he had a full preseason for that. Two, even if you don't have a full preseason, the best way to get someone fit is to play football. So, that doesn't make sense to me. And three, half the shit that Bennett said, no one believes anyway. Would you be, like, <laughs> from his transition to Broncos to South Sydney, he was, oh, I'm not going to South Sydney, I'm not going to South Sydney, I'm not going to South Sydney. And then two days later, he rocks up in a South Sydney jersey. I'm pretty sure so, he's saying I'm not going to South Sydney at his first South Sydney press conference. Yeah, yeah. So, I... I don't know. I I think that's a shit excuse when you think about what you need to play an NRL player, but I still have doubts about Mitchell's fitness anyway, so maybe he was blown and he needed to come off and Bennett's just taking the flack for that reason. Yeah. Bennett's but, always done but, that. He'll take he'll say something to take the pressure off his players, even if it makes him look silly. Because in four yeah. weeks if it works, it's worth it. Yeah. So 
Yeah, as we said last week, the only way to tell with Mitchell is going to be round 17. If he gets fit enough, he'll kill it. If he's no, no, no. We need him enough. to play awesome next week. No. I thought, we, I, thought I said he wouldn't. Oh, sorry. That's week, week three. He can play horrible yeah, I, next week. No, I want him to play yeah. well next week because it's against the Broncos. Yeah. Wait on. Yeah. But then Ben will have to do well. Uh, we'll see. So, yeah, we got Rabbit oh, yeah. first Broncos. Um, Friday night up at Suncorp. And then Roosters have got Manly at Central Coast Stadium. Um, Manly and Roosters always play up at Central Coast each year. So that's going to be... By all accounts, about after Manly's game of cracker. So you got Roosters versus Manly up at Central Coast. Why are we talking about the Roosters? Who will Canal play next week? Oh, my God. I don't know. I even know why I'm looking at the Roosters. I'm, I'm, so sorry. I'm already looking at the next game. I'm looking down at my notes. Of course you are. Blah, blah, blah. Oh. blah. Cronulla are playing Melbourne. Storm. At playing the Storm. Yeah, that's Melbourne. Yeah. Unfortunately. At Net Strata Stadium, which I don't actually know where Net Strata Stadium Jubilee. is. Yeah, where's that? Is that a new name for the Melbourne Stadium or Cronulla Stadium? No. Net Strata Jubilee Stadium. Where's that? I don't even... I've never even heard of that name of the stadium. I'll look that one up. I'm looking it up right now. Net Strata yeah. Jubilee Stadium. I believe we may have missed the name change here. Which, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, but that's super weird. Jubilee, I thought that was one of the Dragons home grounds. Yeah, that's, that's Dragons, but I doubt these two will be playing at the Dragons Stadium. Yeah. Uh, it's in Sydney, so it must Carlton, be New South Wales. No, it's at Cogra. It is. Oh, why are they playing at Cogra? Ah, doesn't matter. Okay, so the next game that was on would hmm. be... Oh, the big game. The biggest upset of the weekend. I was an upset. Cameron beat Roosters was an upset. Oh, that's an upset, yeah. Yeah, 20 to 14. Oh, sorry. Rabbit Sharks game. Massive hit by Liam Knight. That was brilliant. Okay, now we can move on. So, because Sharks were making their comeback and they had all the momentum, then Liam Knight put on a huge shot, caused a knock on, pretty much won him the game at the end. Sorry. Just do, do, you know, do you know what the cool part about that hit was? He smacked him, got up, and just turned his back and just got away, walked away. He was like, yeah. no, I'm out. Well, it was the best. It's not like he stood over him. He just got up and walked away. He would have stood over him like last year, year before, because he's a bit of a hothead. Um, cost him his job at Manly. Manly and then wherever he went, there is at the... Roosters. He sure. went to Roosters, that's right. Now he's at Rabbits. Anyway, all right. Penrith and Roosters. 20 to 14 to the um, Cats. Off you go, Jared. I, I didn't even get to watch this game. I walked into my bedroom at 11 o'clock. After having a few beers, checked the score and went, holy shit, what happened? Yeah. Um, from it's what fatigue. I can That's tell... That's what tiredness. Yeah. From what I can tell, um, Penrith just wanted it more. Uh, they scored two tries in the last 20 minutes, but um, I think Brewster's just kind of got to a, what, 12 mil head start, then it got to be 14-8. Yeah. And then Brewster's kind of just went, oh... We're just going to cruise like we usually do. I wouldn't have been surprised if Trent Robertson fired a rocket up their ass after letting that one go because 
last two years, that would never have happened to the Roosters. But, um, uh, yeah, Kikau supposedly killed it for him. It was really hard to stop, even though he had a, done his elbow in or something. No, he had, so, a, he had a crack in his shoulder, um, okay. which is not... He didn't look real happy about it either. He um, started off the bench as well. It was a bit of a switch. Uh, James okay. Harris started. Um, Kikau came off the bench. But, yeah, so he heard a crack in his shoulder. So, uh, still waiting on updates for that. I didn't see anything new today. Um, so, yeah. we might find out a little bit more about that tomorrow. But that would be a huge blow. Yeah. Like the best forward um, by a bit. And also without... Regan Campbell, Campbell Gillard not being there anymore. Um, so, I I have a lot of doubt. We uh, so, sorry, we both have a lot of doubts about Pembroke this year. Yeah, but Jesus Christ, good on them. Got to give them that. They beat the Roosters first round. I no one would have tipped that. So mm. good on. Them. Oh, I, I think I'll there would have been a few out there. Um, oh, I know, be... I know one particular person who would have picked them. No, but non-Penrith fans just patting themselves <laughs> on the back going, look, Roosters are on that high. They've done the World Club Challenge. They've come back. Boy, Corden is still out, blah, blah, blah. Tiredness, fatigue. They could have seen maybe something happening. Um, and it did. What The start of this game looked like it was going to be 30 blot. Yeah. Um, Roosters just shot out. But second half, man, they looked tired, eh? Like, even Tedesco had his zip every now and then. But it wasn't as consistent as we expect. And they just looked... Even though we just come yeah. off a of season, they just didn't look like they were in gear. Um, World Club Challenge, they'd never hit top gear. They didn't really need to. But, um, yeah, my biggest one's tied. And this these question marks around Boyd Corner, like, they were resting him. But now it looks like they're resting him week two as well. And he's going to yeah. come back week three because they're resting his workload. And he's only, what, 28? Yeah, it's a pretty so, young age to be resting someone for their workload. So it's um, especially the first week. And we know Robinson, yeah, he's a good poker player. He would be a good poker player. So I, I don't know if there's a there's starting to be whispers around if there's something else going on, um, about whether it's out his contracts. That's definitely a negative, I think. And they missed him. Uh, Angus Crichton named at centres, obviously not. Ideal, and then he got ruled out with pneumonia before the game. So Ikevalu came in, but then they've got the other Morris coming in, so they've got chop and change. The positive, um, Flanagan no. fitted straight in. He looked good. He's kicking well. His conversions kick well. I think See, that's, that, that, that's something we're going to have to watch over the next month or so because with all this stuff happening, the corner, and you know, Crichton's got pneumonia, which. Pneumonia is pneumonia. That can really mess you up. So um, last year, last two years when they won the premiership, they've had probably the second best leader in rugby league in Cooper Cronk at halfback. Mm-hmm. So next month, we're going to have to keep an eye on Kiri mainly, but Flanagan as well, because when those moments came down, because there was no way in hell they were 14-6 or 14-8. If Cooper Cronk was on that field, they wouldn't have lost. No, definitely. So, uh, even if they were missing Cordner and Crichton, they would not have lost if Cooper Cronk was on that field. So, um, Flanagan might rip it up on, but he's got to, Flanagan's really got to go, okay, this is my team now. I've got to lead a yeah. lot better than I So, 
And we also know with Kiri's, Kiri's con- concussion um, history, I think if he gets one more, it's yeah. a minimum six-week break he has to take. Something yeah, like so that. it'd be a lot of pressures on Flanagan because he's stepping into probably the best halfback since Andrew Johns. And don't even try and argue that. Thurston. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean. So, um, who? Thurston. Oh, I thought you said someone else. Penrith negative, same as last year. Slow start to the game. This time it didn't cost them. It will through the season. <clears throat> and then obviously the kick-out injury. But my positive, I'm going to give you these stats. I don't know if you've looked at the stats of this game. Um, no, I can't, can't handle winning. Sorry? I can't handle Penrith winning. Yeah. All right. Here's... here's this is one player from Penrith. I want you to try and tell me who it is. Uh, 10 hit-ups, 110 metres, six tackle breaks, 59 tackles, one missed, one offload. So oh. 10 hit-ups, 110 metres, six tackle busts. 59 tackles, one miss, one offload. That, oh, Coruscant. Yeah. yeah How's that for a comeback game? He was freaking brilliant. He, he, and, he, and he looked good out of dummy half too. 10 hit-ups really... for a hooker for 110 metres. That's, yeah. that's 11 metres meter, per scoot, basically. He had two penalties conceded, though. <laughs> 59 <laughs> tackles. In game one of a season. It's only 98% tackle efficiency. Oh. Bloody hell. Like, get, as get a Manly it, fan, get I hated it. that fact that we had to lose him, but it was mutual loss because he was brilliant for us. But, man. Daddy Levi didn't do too bad. Oh, he, he actually looked quite good. He, he, his yeah. service out of dummy half was brilliant. He's just not as creative as Coruscant. And that's what we're yeah. going to miss as, as a Manly yeah. fan. So, Pat, um, 20 over the Roosters, 14. I stupidly mentioned earlier, um, Roosters have got Manly next week. I so would have rather played them this week um, at Central Coast. And Penrith are on uh, Friday, I believe. Yep, Friday against Dragons down at, also at Jubilee. So, Jubilee's going to have a busy weekend. Oh, it's because some of the Super Rugby matches have been moved around as well, so... There's lots of different stadiums being utilised. All right. Um, two to go. Second last game. This is our Sunday slate. We have... I'll lead this one. Seagulls you versus go. Storm. Sorry? Then you give me what you think of Manly, how Manly went. So, right. Melbourne... So, no, no, I'll say first. Oh, okay. Sorry. Then you, you, we can let you go with Manly. So, yeah. Melbourne won 84. 18-4. Yeah. 18-4. So... I know Adam's going to touch on this, but a lo- all um, all their tries came off kicks, I'm pretty sure. All Storm's um, tries, yeah. All Storm's tries. You guys didn't score a try, no. which I'll touch on later. But all Storm's tries came off kicks, and two of them were cross-field kicks off broken play, which was really good for Jerome Hughes because that was his two highlights during the day. I don't think he played that well. They were damn good kicks, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't. My biggest thing for this game was both halves didn't work, do well. I think the difference in this game was probably Cameron Smith. 
just because of the fact that um, I've touched on it before, I don't think Dylan Walker's a 5'8". He didn't do anything to that as far as I could tell. And if they put him in the centres and have Lachlan Croker at six, I know I've gone over it, but I think they'll look a lot better attack-wise. Um, I don't think... And on the Melbourne side, Hughes and Munster are just not working. I think Munster's... He's not running straight. He's trying to step off a lot, which isn't looking good when he runs. And he's gone. He's carving across field a lot, which I know has worked for him before, but a lot of the time it's worked for him where he stepped on his right, palm with his left, and just went, which he's always been really good at. Um, so I think Melbourne and Manly have a lot to work on in their attack because it just wasn't that flashy. It was a tough game and it was it was probably the best game all, all round. Yeah. As far as quality both of them coming at each other. But I think that was where they were both missing. Their back lines were working really well, but they weren't getting the both teams weren't getting the correct service from their team. From yeah. their hard. So do you do you agree with all that? I agree. Um <clears throat> I think it's too early to call that Munster and Hughes aren't working. They haven't had a long-term trial. Um, not long enough. Um, Walker and Cherry Evans. Walker's not going to be a consistent 5-8 all year, especially with his kicking and passing. He's always going to have his running game. Um, uh-huh. I do... I am concerned about it. That's the biggest concern with Coruscant being gone, because he could offer grubber kicks, etc. out of dummy half. Um, but that, your point, yeah, he does not. No, no. Um, your your point about the kicking and the running with Walker and Cherry Evans is one hundred percent valid. So we're looking at so this is hit ups for the game. So Dylan Walker had sixteen runs as a five eight for one hundred and one meters, which is huge. Um, Daly Cherry Evans eight runs for fifty four meters. So half the number of runs, half the number of plays. When it comes to kicks, Dylan Walker zero kicks for zero meters. Oh. Daly Cherry Evans fifteen kicks for three hundred and fifty six meters. So yeah. your points are hundred percent valid. If you're trying to shut Manly down from kicking, you only have to target one player. So the only two people that kicked apart from him were Tom Travojevic, which is under pressure, and Moses Suli at the end of a five tackle set because we had to keep ah. the alive. So um, yeah, hundred percent valid there. I have to say though, Cherry Evans had a, a really decent game. Yeah. His kick and chase, his defense, etc. Um, what I loved about this game. I agree with you. Between all the games, these were two teams that looked like, especially in the first yeah. half, they were ready to go. I think Desi made a mistake in the preseason with Manly not having a trial because we fatigued in the second half. Sorry, we. Manly fatigued in the second half and it showed. Uh, uh, your part. Storm, Storm looked quite good. Um, and they had the biggest bench I've ever seen as well, which didn't, um, didn't hurt things from their point of view. Um, Not for Solomon, got bigger people. Yeah, and he cut his hair. Uh, I would have loved to see Olakatu Ola from Manly get a bit more time because he's just as big as Solomon, almost. He's pretty damn big. But I love the battle here between Moses Suli and I've got to give credit oh. to Justin Olam. Yes! Man, like yes. they were at each other all game. Nothing, uh-huh. nothing um, niggly, but just... Olam shut him down, shut Sully down. 
Uh, so Olam had 13 hit-ups for 98 metres. And oh, how many? And 10 tackles, which is quite a lot um, for a centre. And then you have a look at Suli. 11 hit-ups for uh, 87 metres and then 20 tackles. So you can see who they were targeting in the back line because Manly's back five, tackles, seven, two, eight, 20, and then seven. So definitely targeting <laughs> Suli. But this is Why something that jumped you? out at me. Um, when we say the highest quality, this was 2-0 at halftime. No, sorry, 4-2 yeah. at halftime, penalty goals. All penalty goals. So listen to these hit-up meters. Sorry, hit-up and then hit-up meters. 16 hit-ups, 114 meters. 13 hit-ups, 100 meters. 11 hit-ups, 79. 11 hit-ups, 87. That's Manly's two centers, fullback and wing. Okay. Because nothing was... Both teams were getting the fifth and last, booting it down the end, and then having to run it out. And Melbourne's... Uh, are pretty much almost the same, except it was more shared just between Olam and Pappenhausen, but they're back five, 189 metres for Pappenhausen. 81, 98, 93, 89. So it just showed like the whole game of the forwards was just a belt-a-thon, and then it was just the backs having to run the ball back until the second half. Manly started to tire. They made mistakes. They had to compress in defence, and Hughes saw the gaps put the ball over the top of um, Tafua twice. He couldn't turn and run. And then uh, Vunavalu, the finisher that he is, was there on the spot for two tries and game was done. Um, but the, I do think the only difference in these in this game was Cameron Smith. He played really well. He did. He did. Oh, Tui Kamikamika has got a starting prop position for the Storm. 194 metres off 18 hit-ups. He was a beast. Yeah. He is a beast. Look at the size of him. Um, big, yeah, prep, no. big props to Sean Kepi and Morgan Boyle off the bench as well for Manly. <clears throat> Both um, performed really well. Big props to Vossi. He is the best commentator in rugby league. I love him. He's so good. Did you hear, did you hear Morgan Boyle's new nickname? Oh, Wayman. 40-20. Oh, 40-20. Oh, he's, he's 20 but looks 40. Yeah, he was... Big Vossi, he, he's the best commentator in the entire. They called thing. him the new and, Michael Wayman. Yeah, and you know the, you know the new the news that no one's really picked up on recently, which yeah. I absolutely love. Ray Hadley is not going to be on Channel Nine anymore. He's Good. not commentating no. for Channel Nine. Yeah, going back yeah. on the radio. Anyway, no <laughs> anyway, so, so next we had um, positives out of that. You could see the difference in Manly's defense with the full uh, another preseason with Desi. The defense and attitude, both Joel Thompson and Tom Trebojevic pulling off try savers in the first half, putting their bodies on the line. George Tafua has his first hit of the season. I'm now starting to think: is he going to get more big hits, or Sully going to get tries? Because I had him at ten. Um, negative, yeah, no points, and the the attack lacked cohesion. Melbourne, yeah, they just kept coming. Jerome Hughes didn't have the best game overall, but his vision for the kicks were brilliant and all-round contributions from their team. Negatives, again, execution. They didn't score any tries from set plays. It was all off kicks and broken play. Um, 
And <clears throat> who do I have there? Look, the halves look clunky. Yeah, Munster and Hughes are combination, but Olam versus was the highlight. Yeah, by far. Okay, so next week, Melbourne are playing Cronulla at Nestrata. Yeah, believe. And Roosters are playing mainly as Adam's gone over about about four times at no, Central Coast. <laughs> All right, next game of the round was game. a Benji Marshall special. Yeah, it's pretty Cameron good to watch. In this game, in the last game, in this game, Benji Marshall was the only difference in this game. Um, he 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 just oh, the way he was, it was just oh that good old school Benji. Not not even that actually. He's only done that in the last couple of years, hasn't he? He um, he just looked good. Yeah, oh, St yeah. George came. Winners 24-14. Um, and in saying that too, one, one of St. George's tries in the first minute was a penalty try. Did you say Dragons so, came back 24-14? No. Did I say that? What did I, I think say? you did. Tigers, Tigers <clears throat> won that one 24-14. And, then, and Dragons' first try was a penalty <laughs> try, which we both, everyone knows that could have gone either way. No, it was a penalty. I wouldn't have been bad either way, but it would have gone. It could have gone either way. Depends on who's doing it at the time. But um, despite the score, because um, Dragons ran away with it in the second half, it, it always felt. Oh, sorry, Tigers felt. Jesus, that's horrible. Uh, Tigers ran away with the second half. Um, always felt like Dragons were still in the game, mm. even though they're pretty behind like it ended up a 10 point scoreline but it just felt like you know dragons are they constantly were coming but as i said earlier benji marshall was their biggest difference i think i thought zach lomax had a pretty reasonable game even though he dropped it a few times he for his first time at fullback he's still learning to play there and the demands of it so i don't think he did that bad like he was getting peppered all game by Marshall and those little grubbers, which he done all right. Um, one of the best players for Tiger was actually Nofaluma. He smashed mm. it today. Done really well. Um, yeah, so I think Tigers deserved it. And I think Ty- uh, Dragons ruined a lot of opportunities they made. But yeah. as I said, the difference was Marshall. Marshall so, was great. He's continuous pressure in the second half. Grubber kick after grubber kick. Short and long port passing near the line. His support play, <clears throat> especially in defense, which he just talked about the chances for the Dragons. They had two bomb try chances in the last 10 minutes. We had yeah. Hunt dummying and getting through the line and a one-hand offload to Vaughn. Um, Vaughn should have taken that. His hands are like dusty. 100%. He should have taken yeah. that. I know it's end of the game. I know he's tired. But he should have taken that. And they would have put Dragons under the post or next to the post. And then Frizzell, yeah. he was good all, most of the game. He had a breakout wide. Um, Corey Thompson was coming across in defense. But between Frizzell and Army was Benji Marshall, who'd already had a killer game. And he was back forcing the long pass, which yeah. the pass went forward and Army knocked on as well. But it was two bomb chances by the Dragons the last 10. And it was the part of the game where they looked awesome. They were throwing the ball around. There was no structure. 
and they looked good. They were getting the ball to their best players. That was the negative. They bombed chances because they should have and could have won that game um, with the chances they were creating. But Marshall was brilliant, especially losing Luke Brooks. He was uh, Reynolds came in to play the other half. Negative for the Tigers that are edge defense. Frizzell getting, Frizzell getting his way. And then the positive for the Dragons, Tyrell Fui Mayono, who I mentioned last week, he looked so good. He had to play a lot more than he had to. He had a uh, his lines that he was running, the intensity he was running at, his defense. It doesn't show a lot in the stacks. He ended up with 11 for 79 and 12 tackles, one tackle break, one offload. But his intensity was brilliant. Um, he, he was causing them all sorts of trouble. I wouldn't be surprised if he runs into a starting spot soon. But yeah. it still, to me, also look like two teams that are just a little bit off <clears throat> everyone else, even though it was just, well, not everyone else, the, the top-tier guys. But it was an entertaining game to watch, no doubt. I think, and this might be different with Brooks in the team, but um, I think one negative for today for Tigers would be um, Corey Thompson playing fullback. I think a lot of the time... No, no, no. But the see, a lot of the times, because Reynolds wasn't doing much in attack. He wasn't setting yeah. much up. He was pretty much getting the ball and passing it. So it was, it was going from Benji to Corey Thompson, and he was doing a lot of crabbing and then stepping off his, his outside foot and coming back inside. Yeah, because he's not going to run through anyone. Yeah, because I think he wasted a lot of opportunities this year. And I think with if they move next week, only one um, Brooks is out because they have a because when Brooks comes in, they have a second point of attack, right? Yeah. If they move Dewey to fullback and put Thompson on the wing and found a centre, that way Dewey's an extra ball player instead of a runner. You know what I mean? Because I felt like he he wasted a lot of opportunities because if he just you know, straightened up and then passed like a lot of fullbacks do. Like, Leilua blew up at him about four times because he was in a good position to pass to Leilua yeah. and he didn't pass it. So, he didn't play a bad game, but I think he, he's he got to learn that pass instead of trying to step all the time. Well, you're talking about trying to find another centre. They cut Paul Momorowski 24 hours before yeah. kickoff. And they yeah, also so- dropped Oliver Clark, who was... One of their decent, and Matt Eisenhuth was cut 24 hours before, which who was a stalwart for him last year. So it's interesting to see yeah, whether he's just that. not impressed in the off season. But anyway, that's something to watch going forwards. I think that was three yeah. of their. I think Dewey has to be playing fullback from what he showed today as well. Yeah, and just from with Brooks out, it's only coming off Marshall. Yeah. So if you put Dewey at fullback, you know he gets the ball off a block play, sweeping around. He will pass it instead of Corey Thompson just trying to run it every time, yeah. which I didn't. Yeah, he, he still played a good game, but I think he missed a lot of opportunities because of that. So, so next um, week um, we've already obviously mentioned because they're versing other teams. But we got uh, Dragons Friday night, five o'clock um, Eastern against Penrith down at Jubilee, and then we've got Tigers up against the Knights at Leichhardt Oval, which is always a um, uh, a great spot for the fans to watch footy. I've never been there myself, but it's always looked fan-damn-tastic. Oh. So we're just going to do a quick wrap on injuries from round one and the key uh, judiciary uh, information. So we've still got 
Matt Moylan looking like one month with his calf injury. Finucane picked up a head knock, but looks right for next week. Luke Brooks, calf still to be decided. Angus Crichton, pneumonia still to be decided. Matt Ikevalu got a concussion. Um, should be good for next week. Satili Tomanapia, knee MCL by the look of it in the Roosters game. Zane Tenavano, knee for Penrith. TBD. Uh, Nicole Kokstad had a HIA, went off the ground, didn't come back. Still looks good for next week. So Aso Sue returned for the Bulldogs via Canterbury Cup from an ACL injury. So that's it coming back. Ronaldo Mutalia-Mu-Italo had a HIA for the Sharks, didn't return. Still looks okay for next week. Christian Welch for the Storm uh, made a comeback in Intra Super Cup from a knee injury. Tau Tau Moga for the Knights, returned in Canterbury Cup as well from a hamstring. Justin O'Neill was in that hit by Tavita Pangai, HIA, not sure for next week yet. Dylan Edwards supposedly is recovering quite well in rehab, looking like a round three return. Kurt Catewell re-injured. Um, he's back in rehab for his hamstring. Corbin Sims had six, is out for six weeks with arm surgery. Josh Kerr is a knee from today that they'll be monitoring. And we mentioned earlier, Peter Hiku and <laughs> Herbert have returned to New Zealand um, to be with their family. Judiciary-wise, Tavita Pangai is looking at four weeks unless he appeals. Uh, uh, Milford has escaped a ban. Jack Hetherington will need to win his for Penrith to avoid a two-week suspension. And they're pretty much all the big names. Braden Burns and <coughs> Williams can both avoid suspension with early guilty pleas. Who tripped somebody? There was a trip this week. Oh, Blake Ferguson. Um, trip, but he got a fine. Christian Crichton, high tackle careless, got a fine. Uh, Wateni Lezetle. Dallin Wateni Zelezniak um, was charged, but he can avoid suspension with an early guilty plea. Okay. Yeah, I knew that. But, but the somewhere. biggest one there, Tavita Pangai for four weeks, um, with Broncos already missing <clears throat> Matt Lodge, uh, Jack Bird. They're starting to get pretty thin, even with all these young young forwards. So, what we thought we'd finish with in our reviews is whether Jared or I will change any of our top eight uh, calls from last week. And I'm sticking with my eight. I think they'll still be the top eight at the end of the year. We're not going to bother about order, but I don't see anyone dropping out or anyone coming in at this stage. Yeah, so the order is probably going to change. Um, I was questioning Parra at second, but eight, like I said earlier, they're going to do better. Um, I would like to say that I know it's the first round, but probably Newcastle justified this spot in my top eight with keep the only team to keep someone to nil. So I reckon that's justification for me right now <laughs> because yeah. I was a bit of a buy selection. But they're going to come up against a lot better teams. Like I'm very good. It's going to be great seeing Mitchell Pierce play Benji Marshall next week. Oh, so, yeah, that'll um, be good. Yeah, yeah. so Both we'll see good. how they go against the team you actually want to play next week. It's going to be a really good game. But um, we'll touch more on that when we release the team list on, I think it's Wednesday night, Thursday night. We'll do it. So Wednesday night, we'll jump on and see what the teams they put put out. I don't see many changes between the two of them. So see how and that how goes. How do we go? How do we go tipping? Um, I, I got. Missed, I missed three, so I got five. I missed the Manly. I missed the Penrith and Roosters, and I missed the 
Um, dragons? Oh, dragons. I forgot about that one. No, I got four. I think I've Cowboys, got... Broncos, ouch. So 50-50 start to the year. Uh, I picked Para, Gold Coast. We've got one wrong in Cowboys. I picked Newcastle. Did you pick New? Oh, you did pick New, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, pick South Sydney. I've got one wrong in Roosters. So I got three wrong. Yeah, so five to four, Jared. And take the take the chocolates over us. That'll do us, yeah. guys. It's been a big week. It's ten o'clock now, Sunday night, so we need to get some sleep for work tomorrow. Uh we're thinking yeah. for the beer reviews, we're gonna do a write up in the uh in uh the information for each episode rather than talk about it on the pod. So if you're interested in the beers that we're drinking at the moment, we both love our craft beer every now and then. So give that a read up. Um remember to check out our Thursday morning pod, which will be a week two, hopefully, preview. Otherwise, we'll see you then. See you guys. Bye. That was a good morning. Bye.